Good evening. Welcome to Real Talk Podcast Live with Willie and Terrell. Tonight we got a couple guests. Larry Duncan. Larry Duncan. Good Trent to be here. Wallace. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank yes, you. Sir. Thank you. How you doing, Willie? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to have y'all on. Tonight, us uh, topic is remembering Nipsey Hustle and how do we uh, move forward. Um, first question I want to ask everybody is, what did Nipsey Hustle mean to you? What's up, everybody? Please tune in, tune in. I know y'all got some real leaders in here, products of Omaha. Um, Nipsey Hussle was my favorite rapper. He was officially my favorite rapper. I was just telling one of my best friends before he passed, days before he passed, that Nipsey Hussle was officially my favorite rapper. He was somebody that I can turn to musically who would feed my spirit, mind, body. He would feed my energy. He would feed me in almost every way. You know, uh, he's, he had that energy and that drive. And, and it's something that I would like to implement. Uh, but more than anything, he wanted to see his people mm-hmm. prosper. And I have that energy as well. I have that drive to be inspired to, to accept the challenge to feed and to lead my people especially when we have so much people that's inconsiderate, they're not courageous enough to lead their people, even though we have everything it takes. We have all of the tools, we have all of the knowledge, the experience. And Nipsey Hussle was that guy that I can listen to. And uh, on some street stuff, I come from a, a bloodline of Crips. I'm cool bloods, I love I love all my blood homies, but my blue brother was Crips. So just to hear him talking that crib stuff and to talk like I'm talking best of both worlds, I was extremely intrigued. I was following them everything they did. I would pay that $100 for his Crenshaw mixtape when he dropped that. That was when I became a fan, you know. Uh, I, he was just like the Tupac of our generation. So he meant, the, he meant a lot to me. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Um, I didn't know uh, Nipsey, uh, and uh, once I learned about him, I compared him to Tupac. Because what Nipsey was to you, Tupac was to me. Um, He really was about the community. He was about the people. And uh, I'm hoping uh, that we aspire to be just that, to be leaders of men, and to really use this as a catalyst to be able to really progress to change. Uh, until we understand that we must own, control, and build our own, mm-hmm. we're always doing our side of the So, yeah. Also, I would say uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Any, didn't know anything about uh, Nipsey. I've heard the name. So when it comes down to like one of the award shows or something like that, with people being awarded. I remember uh, hearing his name or him being nominated for something, things like that. But I had no idea about what he was doing until this this uh, incident, until uh, his being shot and killed uh, recently. That's the first that I uh, really had an opportunity to hear the background, hear the history, see what it was that uh, he was accomplishing and to get some understanding about how and why he impacted uh, so many people so deeply was after this, this uh, particular incident. But uh, to, in answer to the question in terms of 
what it means to me. It, 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 for me, it means that the whole model of the type of activity that he was uh, involved in and what he was doing in the community and what he was given from his heart, uh, it, it's just good for me to know that that was alive and well and that uh, I, I'm wholeheartedly uh, behind uh, that whole model and, and what he accomplished. So that means a whole lot to me today. Um, what did he mean to me? Um, I started listening to Nipsey. Mm, I was in college still uh, when he dropped the marathon, his marathon CD, and it just hit home with me, everything, all the music. And then I started listening to his interviews and just like, man, like this, this is somebody I can listen to. Because I know sometimes rappers get a bad rap for being ignorant or something, but he wasn't. He was the total opposite. Even though in his music he talked about stuff that wasn't him. He was talking from his past. He, he, he wasn't living that life anymore. And that's what hit home with me. It was just, I was just listening to one of his interviews at home, what, last week, just listening. I I, li I think I listened more to his interviews and him and talking music. than his music. Mm -hmm. So it when I heard it, first I heard he got shot, I was like, man, that's crazy. And then it was like he died. And I was like, man, like I wasn't alive when Tupac died. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, no, I was alive, but I was a kid. I was yeah. only six. So I didn't understand or feel it. I felt it now. And I'm like, man, this is, this really hit home. Um, the next question is, how do you intend to carry on his legacy? Well, I think I'm already doing that. Um, it's, we have to get out in the community and build relationships and really have our kids aspire to be more than you, more than us. Um, I know I come from a large line of, you know, gang members, um, incarcerated uh, individuals, um, and I knew I wanted better. So I got out here to do exactly what he, he was trying to do, which was educate, guide, and direct individuals down that, down that lane. It's, 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 it's much harder once you get in, mm -hmm. than he was trying to stop folks from getting in. And not make that a tragic mistake, and, and get out here and, and say, "Hey, look, be about your hustle. We'll make it legitimize, right? The old hustle is not working. Mm -hmm. It's locking and killing uh, so many people up, and we have to look at a new hustle. The new hustle is education. The new hustle is business. The new hustle is tech, and, and those are the things that we need to be driving. But uh, right now, we need to have those individuals who are willing to be brave and get out front and let people see, "Hey, look, I was in that life." Now, this is how you change and be about that change. Yeah. Right. Uh, how do I, I carry, I plan on carrying on the legacy by doing what I've been doing, but doing it with a little more passion, with a little more intentional intent and uh, deliberate, be the more deliberate with who I talk to. Uh, but it hit home even more to me because Nipsey Hussle died on the same day that my brother died four years ago. I was on I was in the uh, gravesite visiting my brother's tombstone when I found out Nipsey Hussle got shot and killed. So it, it is deeper. It gets me. It makes me dig even deeper to find that inspiration because 
it's like, you know, it's very sentimental. But what I want to do is I want to use those stories that he always shared, stories that Omaha already hear about when it comes to the most notorious gangsters who died and got killed and everything, that we can use Nipsey Hussle's story to say that he was just as good as those people, but to use his wisdom and all his music and his interviews to, to utilize them, to actually practice them. Uh, I really want to talk to the kids a lot more, especially those who, like you said, get ahead of the game, that are out here aspiring to be gang members, to be the most notorious gangsters or whatever it is. Um, I really want to get out there and talk to them and let them know, like, man, it's, that hustle isn't working anymore. It's like, and things, these odds are stacked against us, but there is a way. We do have so many different ways to find, to educate ourselves, and that it's okay to, to read a book. It's okay to get go to the library. It's okay to, 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 to save your money to get your own business and to do your own thing, and it's all right. Uh, but I really want to just uh, shed some light on his life and, and how he can, we can relate to him and that if he can do it, we can do it. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I look at, uh, I look at, you know, look at this situation and, and really, if I'm going to be a uh, uh, psychological standpoint, I'm, I'm a behavioral health person uh, studying how people think and how people feel and how people move is what I do. That's what I've been doing uh, my whole life. So as I look at this situation, it's like, why? Why is this impacting people so deeply? Yeah. I mean, why? I mean, all over the, the country, uh, real deep, large numbers, a whole cross-section of people, uh, gangs calling truces and whatnot and coming together and whatnot. What is it about this dude and what he uh, stood for and what he was about that's touching people at this level? I mean, for me... Uh, I, I, I have to give some consideration to that and I got to break it down in my mind for it to make sense in order for me to be able to relate it to myself. And to me, he, he tapped into something that I think is powerful and that is that whole, that, the whole sense of understanding your own personal purpose. It's like you, you, if you understand your own personal purpose, you got gifts, you got talents, you got abilities, you harness all that to understand how that relates to you and who you are, what your identity is, what you're all about, and understanding that everything that has happened to me affects who I am today, even the bad stuff in the past and the good stuff in the past, where I came from and the poverty and the hood and the projects and whatever all that is, it's, it's a part of me. I'm not trying to deny it. I ain't trying to run away from it. I ain't trying to be scared of it. It's, I'm, I'm incorporating it in me but I'm wrapping that around uh, understanding of my divine, God-given purpose, right? And then I'm using that purpose to influence my lane. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking in my lane using my purpose to impact whoever's in my lane. So this brother is in his hood, on a, on his, in his region, on his block, doing him, yeah. knowing who he is. And doing him, and, and I think the thing that's so uh, impacting about that is that uh, many of, of us in the masses, the masses of, of black people, in a lot of ways, uh, the oppression uh, denies so many people the opportunity to really understand their purpose yeah. and walk in their purpose. Yeah. So to see a brother from the way rise up in his sense of purpose it's just a, that's just a powerful thing. So it, 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 for me, it's like carrying that legacy on 
is is like you're on the right track. I'm walking in my purpose. I, I my purpose. I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not supposed to be Nipsey. I ain't supposed to be Tupac. That's that's not who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But I need to be doing me yeah. to the max. What what is given to me to do. And again, I think uh, so many get denied the opportunity, and so they see somebody doing it. That's inspiring. And but you know the the message for me is that everybody can do it. On some level, may not be on a super duper level, but you mean on you know on a small level, on whatever kind of level, uh, it can be it can be done. So uh, that's a piece of it that that uh, I take it that that whole sense of, of understanding purpose and walking in and un unashamedly and to see uh, us as black people understanding that we have an allegiance to black people. So no matter no matter what no matter what level you on, uh, you got allegiance to black people, and to see this man, uh, who could live anywhere, the dude the dude was a millionaire, so he he could have went anywhere. He could have went and and walled himself off, in a fortress. He could have had guards all in front of it. He could have had cameras everywhere. You follow what I'm saying? He could have lived in a way where you couldn't have got. You know, ten blocks close to him if he wanted to. With the type of money he had, but uh, but his commitment to his people said, "I'm gonna be right here in the midst, touchable, right here in the midst." Even though I got the ability to, you know, be like all other Hollywood, you know, uh, folks are doing, you can't touch them people; they untouchable. So uh, that, there's a whole lot of takeaways with that. We can chop yes, that sir. up for, from now on. Yes, sir. Uh, for me, I think is his. For me, my mission is always to be a man of respect and to show show my family and my friends that we don't gotta go to the pen and pen and make it out, or we don't gotta go to the pen and get respect from people. And that's always been my mission because I grew up. I remember Trent since we was kids. We we grew up in some of the same environments, so. For me, it's just continuing on my mission of just doing whatever I can to make an example of something positive. Because I don't think a lot of kids see that, and especially in my family. It's, I was the first person to graduate from college. Mm. So, and everybody else graduated from the pen. Wow. So, so what do you see as, as your mission? How would you define your mission at this point in time? My mission at this point in time I would say it's to continue to educate myself on life and mm -hmm. what's going on in the world and give it back to the people, but also be with the people and be within the community to help out mm -hmm. as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. I think, I, like, I've always heard, like, make some money, make it out. Mm -hmm. uh, I, even when I was looking for my apartment, Everybody was like, "Why are you trying to live in North Omaha?" Like I was purposeful about that. I was like, "Cause I want to live. The, I, I want to live in the. Like I don't want to. Like I don't want to be somebody that's saying this needs to improve and I'm not living within it because mm -hmm. I don't understand it fully. And that was my that was my purpose of doing it. So is for for me, it's just all that and just always being uh, keeping your respect. I think. He could have, I, I guarantee it was a bunch of avenues for him to sell yeah. himself out yeah. and 
and make more money or to be because musically I, I wouldn't say he, he, he was where 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 he was supposed to be, but he where but he was where he was is where he wanted to be because he wanted to keep his respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we all gotta remember is that it's not about the money, okay. it's not about the mm-hmm. land or just getting this stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna keep your respect in the end? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna die with your respect? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like you said, you can't change the world until you change yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we really have to evaluate ourselves every day. I know I look at myself every day as how can I be a better man? Uh, how can I, because I know people are looking at me and I know sometimes I fall short, but it always clicks in my mind is that I have to do better because so many of the younger folks are looking at me. So how can I go out here and tell folks, hey, look, man, you, man, you can't put that gun down. You got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah. If they look at me and say, hey, look, man, you know, y'all can't get along with each other. Mm-hmm. But yet you want me to forgive a dude who just shot my sister cousin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's almost some hypocrisy, man. So I know that I got to do better. You know, and I used to go on Facebook and just blast people, you know what I'm saying? But um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm always reevaluating my way, reevaluating myself, man, and know that I got to be a better person because people are looking at me. Uh, and um, I think that's, that's what he was, was trying to do was, I know a lot of people looking at me. A lot of people looking at me to fail. You know what I'm saying? Looking for me to go back to this life. But I'm going to show them and show others that I can make it out of here and you can too. Um, I know another part of this conversation that was going on on social media and online, and it's always brought up when it comes to black men dying. Somebody always makes the ignorant comment that it's the music. You shouldn't be rapping about this, or you shouldn't shouldn't be doing this. Do y'all think hip hop played a role? I answered first. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, not at all, because everybody that listens to hip hop music doesn't commit crimes. Hip hop isn't the only genre of music where violence is on record about. Like it's it's a fact. Like. That if I, just because somebody says something doesn't make somebody go out and do something. Um, so for, for me, it just makes me mad when people say that because I think it's an attack on our culture. Yeah. Mm. We're only they're, they're only rapping our reality, yeah. and and society and the system and the government has refused to fix it. Mm-hmm. And we we just they just shed light on it. And we just highlight it. So I don't, I don't think that's a... Hip-hop has played a role. I think ignoring so many systematic issues, societal issues, even not even just with the system, within ourselves, that's why it happened. It, it, it's not the music. It's the fact that we have ignored so much for so long that something like that can happen. Yeah, I, I, you know, as, as when we're having these discussions, <laughs> there's always, we always, uh, the, especially us three brothers right here, because we, we chop it up a lot uh, with Willie and, and uh, Terrell. Uh, we always come to a point where, you know, there is a slight disagreement <laughs> in, in, what we're, in what we're, in what we're saying. And, but the thing about it is, we we will we will talk talk talk. We we stay in here sometimes after the show is over, and we in here. It's nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and we still talking, and and understanding is happening. We just not you know arguing and, and throwing you know Molotovs at each other. 
we really are seeking to understand where each other's coming from. And sometimes you leave uh, out with a whole different perspective. I mean, for me, the perspective of how all people can be celebrated. Uh, the brother, you know, and all that he looked like represented chains and tattoos and all the stuff that's uh, affiliated with hip hop. And there's a lot of people in my generation that would, would like, no, nah, we're not recognizing that. We, uh, we don't get what he did. He, he's, he's a hip hop thug. And we ain't got no time for that. A lot of people would take that attitude Whereas I have come to understand uh, well before this, just in, in general, it ain't about all that. It's about, it's, as you say all the time, brother, it's about the work. It's about a person's heart. It's about what it is they're doing. It's about the respect and integrity they call it, they walking in and what they stand in. That's what it's really all about. And that you can celebrate this brother and love this brother and coordinate and collaborate with this brother and other brothers like him, even here in Omaha, Regardless of all that exterior kind of stuff, yeah. that's a that's an understanding that I, you know, I'm glad that I've evolved in mm -hmm. as an older generation, uh, you know, elder in my generations as it stands right now. That that's my attitude. That I, I'm not judging anybody by labels uh, and all that because people uh, can transcend their label. They can, you know, they you can look a certain way and and all that. And people look at you and stereotype you and what you're listening to and what you're singing and whatever. And, and you be on something way past the, the basis of that. But to your, to your response to your question, I think we have to be on, we have to be willing to constructively give feedback on everything. Every, it's not one dimensional. It's not, it's all, it, it, hip hop is the total problem. Hip hop is none of the problem. You see what I mean? You, you, you got a dichotomy going on there where in reality, if we, if we, if we, if we're unwilling to uh, constructively uh, analyze and dare say criticize something, we 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 can miss out on our own evolution because we we fail to constructively criticize ourselves, or we 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 fail to constructively criticize our our culture in that respect. There are some things about hip hip hop and the things that people are saying and and singing and what they're rapping about that are major, that speak to some major issues and that speak to major realities within the hood and, and speak to some real truth. That's, that's a fact. You can't nobody deny that. And there are some things that are within that uh, genre that speaks to death, yeah. self-gratification, yeah. uh, ego, and all that other kind of demeaning kind of stuff. So we have to be able to push back on that and say, okay, we understand where you're coming from. You see what I mean? But, uh, but we do know that the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes, Words are some powerful things. Even though we was raised up as kids, you know, lay your sticks and stones may break your bones and words ain't gonna never hurt you, son. But you, you went back out there, you were still hurt by the fact that that dude was calling you a butterhead or what, what, whatever it was they was calling you. Follow what I'm saying? It still bothered you. You see what I mean? So words are, are powerful. So we have to, we're not throwing our people under the bus. We're not gonna throw hip hop under the bus, but hip hop, R&B, gospel, whatever it is that we're putting out there in our culture, we're willing to constructively speak to it if necessary. So I think there's a part of hip hop that's, that, that speaks to uh, the willingness of a brother to shoot another brother under certain circumstances. That, you know, 
And we got all kind of different names for it. And like, we're going to bust a cap and uh, uh, blow your wig back and all those other kind of scenarios that we have that's related to taking that action and, and something having to do with pride or reaction or respect or perceptions of respect or disrespect or something related to that, that's a part of it. And so in some, in some, in, in some ways, we have to ask the question, does, does that you know, inspire people to act on something that's within them to act on? You see what I mean? Yes, we can't say that it is. We can't say that this caused this. Mm -hmm. But we can say that that kind of rhetoric uh, can be, just give you a case in point, the rhetoric of Mr. Trump. That rhetoric is inspiring mofos in America to run out here and confront people. Just, you know, I, I'm out here and you know, I just don't like the way you're treating your kid. And I'm going to confront you right here, calling people names, uh, uh, all kind of different stuff is, you know, the people are doing because now they feel free based on the rhetoric of the president to run out in the street and, and, and give voice to stuff that used to be used to see happening. That stuff used to be taboo. You were thinking, you're not confronting no people out here like that. But now folks out here calling people out their name and, and, and doing all kinds of different stuff. So on that tip, I think there are certain things that can be said that you might already have a person who's got uh, some uh, 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 hair trigger or spont uh, they're impulsive, whatever, and, and, and they can be you know, inspired to do something that uh, ain't, ain't good. So I can't say there's a causation, but I do think we have to recognize that it's a part of the it's a part of the problem. Great points. You make some great points, Larry. Uh, I would have to say, did the music did it mean something? I'm gonna say it ain't always what you say; it's how you say it. Hmm. I think that we as a people we need to understand that maturity comes with experience, not age. Okay. Uh, I remember when I had first got shot back in 2014, and everything in me wanted me to just, just go out there, get in the car. I wanted to do it by myself. I didn't need nobody else, but I wanted to go handle my business by myself. And it was like, uh, I had this battle in myself, right? But then the music would come on. And I was so tuned in myself, and I had to fight these battles within myself to say, I can't listen to that music. Mm. One example, Kevin Gates had a song called Shoot Em Up. And, and it, he just talked about being shot, having to deal with healing up. And then once he healed up, he was going to kill somebody. Now, that was a battle within myself. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to that. I was mature to myself. I was honest with myself to say, I'm not going to listen to this because I understood it was going to influence me. You know? So what I want to say is, <clears throat> we live in a world where uh, they say, oh, America where we're having the freedom of speech. We don't understand what that does to people, though. And we can't expect them to be mature enough to not be influenced if I'm talking about shooting at these dudes. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember having this conversation with a couple of my buddies, like, man, dude, we listening to this music. This is making these young dudes want to ride. Like, Boosie, Boosie, Boosie Badass would make songs that was classified, that was specifically for the gangsters and thugs to go kill each other. He would tear up people's cities because of his music. And people would get mad at Boosie, right? Like, man, you making the music to make them all wild up. Make them all wild up, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't blame Boosie. 
he just living his life. He's living off of his experiences and everything, right? right. And it's like, it's a, it's a double-headed sword. You know, it's like a, a double whammy. It's a catch-22. But I think that we need to develop some maturity and be honest with ourselves and say, yeah, that's that person's life. Yeah. We can't we can't blame we can't blame the music, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time, for those who understand that power that they have, we can't we can't uh, abuse our authority, and we can't use that that influence to just say whatever and just just say oh that's how I was feeling at the moment, because that young man or that young woman could be feeling the same way at the very moment they hear your music and boom, you know they go and take another person's life. They go make a mistake that they can't. You know, create. Uh, yeah, you know, they can't take that back. So I think that we need to be able to have some maturity and be honest with ourselves, and say, you know, uh, be very truthful with ourselves and make the decision to, to either accept the fact that these people are making music that we don't want to listen to that's going to make us do that, mm-hmm. or be honest with ourselves and say, yeah, yeah, uh, this music makes me do whatever, they, but really it's all on us. Yeah. We got to take some yeah. personal responsibility and understand that because a lot of people don't understand the music you listen to, it says a lot about you. Yeah. You know, it says, that, okay, if I'm with Real and he's listening to YG, you know, okay, I understand one thing about YG. YG's a blood. YG, that dude's with the stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he listening to him like that, he must be uh, in tune with his mentality. He's in tune with his character. Catch my drip? So uh, me, I like to listen to. Uh, uh, a lot of different music because I understand that it it, control, it helps me to get into a mold. It helps me to get into a mood and and, a, and an attitude. I, I, Nipsey Hussle's. I never listen to his music to to want to ride and do no gangbanging stuff. I listen to his music to get motivated to be business oriented and inspired. Okay. So I would block out all of the dumb stuff. But a lot of people don't have that maturity, and we can't expect them to have that maturity. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So I think that us as leaders and those who are watching, those who are leaders, need to be aware of your ability, your authority of, of the platform that you have and what you're giving out, the messages you're giving out. Because some people can misconstrue them. And as you can see with Nipsey Hussle, his message was misconstrued. All you see is a crip dude wearing blue, a whole bunch of gold, running a whole bunch of businesses, telling people that they don't need corporate America. But that's not what his message was. So what we need to do is take some, some self-analyzation and mature and grow from it, from those messages. I'm going to drop the mic after you guys. I'm going to come from a whole different perspective. Um, How much is Willie Lynch Mm. tied to some of the stuff that we're talking about tonight in the music? I think he's tied to everything. (laughs) So Mm self-hate, we have not brought that up. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about this culture, we're not about hating another culture. Because most of the people is hating each other. So Willie Lynch has got to be in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we address that component? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to uh, uh, piggyback on some of the things you said, and, and I think goes along with what you're saying. I think there's that that next level uh, element, and that's the, you know you you you're several levels, but one level element in it is money, yep. and. Uh, uh, money and power and control of how you control a, uh, a market or how you control a business line and the influence that you can have with that control. So if, if I say to you that uh, you put a tape on the, on the table and I got the power 
to uh, put that on all the radio stations in the land, okay, then I tell you that's not that what you just put out here is not foul enough, it's not gritty enough, it ain't dirty enough, it ain't nasty enough, it ain't gangster enough. And if you go back and gangster it up some more, throw some more bitches and some hoes in there, you see what I mean? Yes, pop, sir. pop, bang, bang, whatever. No I tell you that. And then I will I will pay you for that, I'll pay you more and and whatnot. Then that's a part of the problem too. There's somebody back pulling strings in that respect, and then you, you would have to say that they have an agenda. That's yes, where the Willie Lynch situation exactly. comes in. Uh, yep. Because if you got, if, if the agenda is to divide a nation, if the, and I'm talking about nation, I'm talking about the nation of black people. Yes, if, the, if, a, if the agenda is to divide, uh, create chaos, upheaval, uh, destruction, if that's the agenda of somebody, right, and they're willing to fund that, that's a whole nother element that we end up having to confront. We end up having to call that out. We end up having to uh, hold that accountable. And we know through, you know, just straight up facts now, to some extent, the business industry or the music industry as it pertains to hip hop, there has been this funding of negativity. Yes, so, you know, uh, the conscious brothers and, and sisters among us would, would say, there's no doubt uh, a conspiracy behind all of that, that there's some real live people uh, pulling some real live strings uh, for real. So uh, I, you know, I ain't that deep with that part, but I do know that the, there is some power uh, principles at play when it comes down to manipulating yes, you took uh, the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that's manipulation. Uh, the music. That's mass manipulation. Hold on level. Yes, sir. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, I agree with your, your point about maturity because I think mm. for me what I listen to is like a balance. I listen to the conscious stuff and I can also listen to the other stuff and the reason I like to keep that balance is because I just I feel like if I went this way I wouldn't understand what somebody else is going through because you stepped away all the way from what they're going through so, so for me it, it's I, I keep that balance because I don't want to ever get to a point to where I'm talking down to somebody or, right. I, or I don't really understand their perspective of what they're coming from. So I like to, li I really like to listen to new rappers all the time mm -hmm. to see what, what is the mind state yeah. of the, the younger generation. Like where are they coming from? Where are they heads at? What's going, what's going on in their life? Because I think if you look at the younger generation, you'll see what's going wrong in our communities. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not the individuals that's 25, 30 plus. It's the it's the 18, 16 to like 20, 22 rappers that, that you could really gauge where our society is going all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. um, Willie Lynch, is, it, it plays a huge part because for us, we're, we're stuck in a cycle of just trying to survive and we never have the ability to understand why we have mm -hmm. conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. we, just, we just got this conflict. We ain't gonna never resolve it because there ain't no money to stop us from doing what we're doing as far as sitting down and talking to each other. Nobody's, there's no Nobody's resources, yeah. there's no resources for conflict resolution, mm -hmm. no real resources for mental health treatment in, in the hood. Mm -hmm. There's nobody coming in saying these kids saw these traumatic events, let's give them help. It's no, these kids saw these traumatic events, we're gonna send them to school, they're gonna get kicked out, 
Then they're going to go to the youth center. Then they're going to be in prison, most likely. That's what's going on. And that's the problem. And then, so then we never get to the, why do I hate my brother? Real problem. Mm-hmm. Like, we never get to that because we always just focused on making it day to day. If I got an issue with you, I really don't care to resolve it because I got these five other problems. So when I see you, I'm going to be mad about these five other problems. The yeah. problem I got with you might not be that big, but mm. these five other problems are huge. So I'm going to take it out on you just because we had this little dispute. And that's mm. what's going on. Mm. That's deep. How do you think we resolve this? What would be your suggestion from your perspective? How do we resolve it? <clears throat> I think we got to have a one-on-one with ourselves. I think we 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 got to have a one-on-one with ourselves and we got to sit down and really put the chips on the table and look and look at ourselves in the mirror and say this is is this where we want to go? Do we still want to keep going down this road? And it's look as worse God is that's even with the successful people to the not successful mm-hmm. people. We all at the end of the day got the same problems. We black in America and the war is on. We we fighting two wars with them and with ourselves. Yeah, which war it. which war do we want to win first? You can't win both at the same time. Yeah, and then when the war when the war is going on uh within you, that that takes us to another level when the war is going because and what we well, if we look back overall, what we understand is that the message that says uh, you are inferior mm-hmm. is is a message that we've lived with for five hundred, six hundred years. Uh, it's a message that we've lived with ever since we've been in America. You're inferior. Something's wrong with you. You're subhuman. You're not as intelligent. You're you, all that. Those are ongoing messages that we have to contend with, right? So if those are ongoing messages that we have to contend with, at some point in time, that's gonna be a battle within your own head. Within your own head, within your own heart, you gotta deal with this. I go out into society, you know, having to boost myself up just to even believe that I'm okay. So if I'm not, if I don't win that battle, and, I don't, and I'm living a life where I don't like myself, uh, I dare say I dislike myself, which is taking it to a whole nother level. Not only do I not like myself, I dislike myself. Then it becomes much easier to not like somebody who looks like me. And if I hate myself, then it becomes much easier to hate somebody. You see what I mean? Yes, that that looks like me. So that's really uh, that's really the battle. I think the the for us as a people. That's an ongoing battle that feeds into the conflict and the confusion and the division and, and all those kinds of things. I think that, uh, the, the, to your point, the issue becomes how do we deal with it? And, you know, for me, old school, uh, it goes back to those spiritual kinds of principles. Yes, that's yes, the sir. foundation of what has caused us to uh, survive and thrive to the extent that we, that we have. But it's like I said about hip-hop, religion has to be constructively criticized too. And we've been unwilling to do that. You see what I mean? You either got to take it as all good, whatever we're doing up in here is good, or, you know, we don't want to hear what you got to say. Whereas as a people, we got to stop that. We got to be willing to look at all these situations and see how they are serving us as a people 
and see how they're doing disservice to us as a people. It really doesn't need to be a super emotional kind of evaluation. It's just evaluation of fact. How is it that uh, a brother that used his power influence was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish in Crenshaw, Los Angeles, right? Los Angeles area, and we have major institutions over in every urban area that cannot do that. Black institutions, i.e. church and, you know, church enterprises. They're not, they're not, not, not all of them, because some of them are doing that. But those are the kinds of things that have the potential to elevate our awareness as a people. You can say us liking ourselves. It's like I was in a meeting today, we were talking about programming. And one of the things that clicked in my mind, that, that part of this programming for children has to include something about their history and their background and their awareness and their, their uh, heritage. That's not in anything. It's not in school. It's not in mental health programming. It's not in any institution that we're gonna send our kids to for help. That part is going to be missing. And to me, that is a major missing part. That, that once we identify the type of information and principles that must be, that's, that we've identified evidence-based as helpful to our people, then we have to fight the good fight to make sure that those principles are included across the board. They're included in our schools, they're included in our churches, they're included in any type of helping entity that we are sending our children to or we're going to ourselves that that type of information is, is uh, included. And we have to look at the fact that it's been denied us. That, can't, that has to be with a purpose. If you, you can go, you know, the same thing with, with the natives and everybody else. If, if I can deny you your understanding of who you are and what the anchor of your history is, you have no knowledge of that, then you only see yourself as where you're at now in your own personal experience. And your own personal experience is in the hood. You see what I'm saying? And your own personal experience is in poverty and chaos and, and, and survival and thrival and, and dog eat a dog. That's what your own experience is. How, how are you supposed to see anything else if nobody shows you the real, how it goes beyond that? You and I and our history goes way, way beyond that. So You make some great points again, Larry. Everybody's making some very, very practical points. <clears throat> I think that a way that we can um, solve these problems is, like my brother said, is to get in tune with ourselves, to look at, look at ourselves in the mirror mm -hmm. and be honest with ourselves. To take the hard, cold-blooded truth is that we are lost. Mm. We're in the land of the lost. And when you say lost, what is it? We don't know these things. We don't know who we really are. Okay, uh, and with that being said, we have to unlearn what we have learned. We have to go back to ourselves, take self-analyzation and go back and realize in our personal experiences, I have to look back on my own history and realize, well, why was these things set up in my life like this? Why, why? I have to ask myself and then come up with the answers myself and be honest with myself and accept the truth that comes from otherwise people like ourselves. I think that the unlearning makes room for the relearning and the re-education and the rebuilding. Once we unlearn things, get rid of some things, that gives us space, right? right. Uh, an example, the Willie Lynch theory. 
a lot of our people do not know that Willa Lynch theory. When you mentioned that, I started to ask you, can you elaborate on that? Can you elaborate on that? Give me some detail. What's the, the, what is the Willa Lynch theory? That was a theory that was a slave master who, who set up other slave masters to divide and conquer their slaves. That was the house nigga, that was the field nigga, the light skin, the dark skin, the fat one, the skinny one, the short one, the tall one, the healthy one, the unhealthy one, the male and the female, right? And so our people weren't educated because they would, but they do, they hit us. They didn't want us to have education. 500, no, not even 500 years ago, a couple hundred years ago, we were not allowed to read books. They didn't want us to have thought process. They didn't want us to have used the tools to use our minds to actually see these tricks and these, these odds stacked against us when they knew that we had the power to overcome all these things with one thing, wisdom. It was wisdom. Not just under knowledge and understanding, but wisdom, knowing what to do with it. Because once we tap in, once we read books, I remember when I first got into Boys Town, when I first started to realize that I had a, a, a talent and a gift and a passion for the learning because in the streets I was always a wise guy I could sit back and observe and see who was good who was not to ride with uh, circumstances and situations I would read circumstances and situations in my mind and when I read books I realized how they go all go together because of my unlearning because I had to get rid of some things now I understand today on a bigger platform, when you speak, mention all of these bigger things, these bigger entities and mm. all of these uh, churches and programs that are in America, if we start smaller and think bigger, a lot of our problems will solve themselves. Mm. I think that. I think that we need to really start smaller, think bigger. And what I mean by start smaller is ask those questions and think hard on those questions and be honest with ourselves as we're unlearning to relearn. And then I think those solve, those problems will solve themselves because as me as an individual, I'm over here learning myself and unlearning things. And that other brother is learning himself that naturally we'll start to have common ideas. We'll start to have common grounds. We'll start to, to understand what understanding is. Then that understanding will be understood. Wow, man, this, this is some great conversation. Um, I'm, Larry, I was hoping you'd test on this. You know, we have a lot of trauma. Yeah. Uh, within the, the black community. Um, and we haven't had a space for us to be able to deal with that, with that, with that trauma. Real. That's real. And um, when you go into a war area, mm -hmm. they treat you for post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes, mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with this for 400 years, there's gotta be some type of mental yep. disorder, mental trauma that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And we have not gotten in a space where we can deal with our emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to do that. Uh, and emotional emancipation circles is a space for us to be able to have those conversations. When we went to um, DC, you had people who were had doctorate degree that were dealing with trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, with doctorate degree dealing with trauma. There was people that was thinking about committing suicide because of the trauma that were dealing with that happened 20 or 30 years ago. We have to be allowed to be in a space where we deal with our issue among us. The cavalry is not coming. Mm -hmm. The only people that can solve our problem is us. It's us. And, and until we get behind closed doors and be unapologetic about that, we're not gonna be able to move, I think, to the next step, mm -hmm. which is a lot of what we're talking about tonight. I gotta speak on that trauma real quick. <clears throat> uh, 
I love the fact that you mentioned trauma. Um, I'm all too familiar with trauma, you know, seeing that I've witnessed so much death firsthand in home, right there, my blood, biological family members right there as a preteen. I wasn't even mature enough to understand what was going on, but because I seen it, I had to deal with it, right? And how I dealt with it wasn't always in the proper manner. But as I got mature, I understood that I had trauma, first and foremost. Honesty is the best policy. I think that we aren't honest with ourselves enough to say that we have that trauma. And our women need to be honest enough to say and deal with our men to say, man, these men are hurt. And us as a man need to understand that our women are hurt. We're dealing with a lot of trauma. It's deep, and it's not an excuse. We can't excuse that trauma that we've been through. You see what I'm saying? And what we're going through. And what we see every day on social media and on these phones and, and all over the place. I think that that is set up as well. Because you know, we are what we see. You know, and it's being exposed to us. We are seeing clowns smashing dudes' heads. That ain't a real person, but the kid don't know that. And we gotta be understanding that we have to have people in the gap to help us to deal with that trauma. To say, hey, that's not real, young man. Don't, don't look at that as real. We playing video games where we killing each other and stuff like that. And that's trauma on top of trauma because they don't know how to decipher between the two. So I think that honesty is the best policy when it comes to us going forward. We have to be honest with ourselves and to be empathetic with one another. We're so tough and hard and, and so rah-rah, right? That we can't even be understanding and, and deal with each other and to love on each other. And we need to learn how to love each other and love ourselves. Like you said, if I hate myself, I'm not gonna love on you. What the heck I, what that look like? So we need to learn how to love each other. And be honest, first and foremost, then learn. Unlearn the dumb stuff, honesty, accept it, and then move forward and learn. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I mean, trauma, and if I could just uh, give you a definition that's gonna make it, uh, for those who are listening and those who don't see this later. Trauma is anything that happens to you that you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in some extent, physically, unable really to deal with. Yes, sir. You, you don't have the capacity, the maturity, the experience, the age, uh, the growth, the development to deal with whatever it is that just you just witnessed, you just saw, you just heard of happening to somebody that you love, cared about, near, close to, whatever. When that happens, you have been traumatized. So a child that experiences something physically that they're not big enough, old enough, developed enough to deal with, physically they have been traumatized. When they, when they deal with something sexually that they're not, they, they, they don't have the capacity to be dealing with this at four, five, six years old, then they have been sexually traumatized. When they deal with something mentally, emotionally, you get the picture. Any, it, it's, it's overwhelming. It's like crisis mode where my systems can't really uh, integrate and incorporate what happened to me and what I see happening. So uh, generational trauma is all the stuff that have been passed down from ages of people who've been traumatized in my bloodline that's passed down to me that now yep. is down to the DNA level. Yep, like our brother being lynched. All, all the way down. Is at the DNA level. We carry that. Yep. Then it's my own existence yes, of coming up in the projects, Southside Chicago and urban America, don't matter. Uh, it's, it's all the same. The big, tall buildings, small, spread out buildings, 
it's poverty is the same everywhere. You put a different name on it. Uh, the yep. urban experience with masses of people being boxed in the, the congested places with little resources, you see what I mean? And all the things that go on with that, that's traumatized. So I got past generational trauma, I got ongoing trauma, and then I'm dealing with stuff on a day in and day out basis. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about post, present, ongoing trauma placed on the people. Now our people are so glorious and so powerful and so mighty and so strong that we have been able to withstand all this carry all this stuff on our back and keep moving. Mm. We have been able to do that. But the reality of that fact is that the toll that it takes on us to do this is, is maddening. Our, our health suffers. Our lifespan suffers. Our, we, we pick up all kind of habits that, that we use to self-medicate and sedate and calm and to soothe and to do all kinds of different stuff. We, we pick up that and we, we live those things out and we've known many people who have, you know, they, they dead now as a result of lifestyle type of stuff. So our health and our wellness and our mentality and all that plays a significant price for the trauma that we carry. And then, you know, we expect each other to man up. <laughs> Don't we not? Do we? Don't we not? We but we expect each other to man up. And we ain't. You ain't. You ain't get. We got no time for you. Depressed. We all depressed. What the hell? You know you depressed. You got some anxiety. You nervous. What? We know. We don't have no acceptance or if you gonna be black and American, you gonna be a part of this family. You are gonna have to be able to deal with what we gotta deal with, whatever that is, every day. You see what I mean? And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about trauma. Your, your uh, alertness rate is, is, is high. So you got a lot of people that don't sleep good. Uh, your zero to 50 rate is high. So we got a lot of people that can pop off in the middle of right right things like that. Your, uh, your, your, because of all that, your heart's beating faster. You're more alert. Uh, you're more uh, in tune to what's happening. Your uh, young people are more likely to misread something that happened. Now this person didn't really mean you no harm, but you're, you're, you're so hyper-vigilant that uh, you, what I do know is I got to do you before you do me. Yep. And it looks like you're trying to do something. So I'm going to have to do something before you do something. We got all that's going on and all that is the impact of trauma. And I, didn't even, I just touched on the surface. Yes, you did. That's true. I just even touched on the surface of how deep that trauma goes for us as a people. So when we start talking about solutions... It's going to have to be, we're going to have to have some concrete on go. We're going to have to lay some tracks of solutions in the, uh, in the hood, so to speak, that can really have an impact on this. So principles and spirituality and mindfulness and values and morality and history and the ancestors and knowledge of self and purpose. We got to be bringing all that from every institution that we got anything to do with us. We ain't got time for just uh, clapping and singing. We, the clapping and singing is fine, but when we get finished clapping and singing, we got to be educating and laying them tracks and laying a foundation from schoolhouse to the rec center to the, you see what I mean? To every organized, established institution within our power. We, you know, you can't, we, like you said, we can't depend on nobody else to do it. So whatever we got, 
we ought to be maxing them out. So the education starts with our own institutions because, you know, we ain't on that right now. You know, it's, everybody's on something different and feel like you, you, you can come over here, you're going to be all right, okay? But it, medication ain't the only solution. And uh, there's all of these things together that's going to be uh, put forth in, the, in, the, in the, our communities that we advocate for consistently, uh, as we said a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of shows ago, having it as a part of a black agenda. This is the, this is the agenda for wellness and recovery uh, from the trauma within our people. This is a package that we put together and we advocate for, and we're, we're putting it out there on a consistent basis that we're tooting that horn that this is the kind of stuff that needs to be done. Oh, man. Um, I'm still traumatized. I think I've been traumatized since I was a kid. Like, one of my earliest memories is laying on my grandma's porch while people were shooting and she was pulling us down as we was kids. Mm. And I still walk around with that feeling because it's like, no matter what, I don't, uh, any, I, I could do a million positive things for a whole two years and I still feel the need to look outside, look around, who, who out here, who behind me. I'm gonna still do that. Like, mm. I don't, it, like, I don't think that has left. Yeah. The feeling to not want to be around crowds or yeah. in, 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 in any space where you feel like something might happen. That's, yeah. that's, that's a part of trauma. Yes. And I agree with what you just said, uh, Larry. We got to do all that. Like yeah. I think that all needs to be done. I think we everyone has a role. Mm -hmm. I don't think nobody should be excluded out of it, no, yeah. ma no matter what. I think everybody has a role. I think it's going to take a village to re reheal yeah. Yeah. and rebuild this village. Mm -hmm. It's going to take all of us, no matter if we feel this way about somebody or something. I think if we're going to remember Nipsey the right way, mm -hmm. we're going to say, okay, bro might be from the other side, but I'm going to walk across this line because I know in the long run it's going to mean more. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it got to be. I, I just don't see it, see it happening without that. I, I think we got to be not scared to take risks yep. and because when I think about it I always say like I don't want to be 50 and these problems still exist and my kid gotta fight these battles mm. well that's gonna lead me to my last question uh, you know we talked about a lot, of, a lot of stuff tonight what is the one thing that you hope someone have took away from this show tonight <clears throat> One thing I hope someone took from this show tonight is it can be done. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe that if we walk by faith and not